Sitting here on the podcast with me is the very funny, the very vivacious, the very tall Alex Price. Vivacious. That's the first time I've ever been called that, I think. Is that right? Well, yeah. I was looking for a word that would be uh, maybe maybe a first time for you. Yeah, I pop, pop my cherry there. Maybe. I don't think I've ever been called vivacious. I would like to be. Well... I'll I'll try to work that in tonight on stage. Yeah, you're gonna oh, yeah. you gonna come up with some vivacious material. I'm here with a very vivacious Nick Hoff. So when people leave, they go and that one guy that you know who I'm t- the vivacious fella. Yeah, that's what that's how you want to be known. That's how I want them to know you. Yeah, vivacious.com might still exist. You might no, be able no. to get it. I doubt it. No, you don't think so. We've had, how long has the internet been alone? I know a lot of people were complaining that uh, they couldn't get a website they wanted, but let's see. I'm going to say vivacious.com is still alive. I feel like vivacious.com is like a curves for the internet. (laughs) Where people can go to just like watch Sweat into the Oldies and get in their uh, leggings. Yeah. Vivacious.com, having trouble finding that site. Wow. You've heard it here first, folks. God, we've got a You're off uh, to the races breaking now. news. Vivacious stuck people but now now once I put this out, it's over for vivacious.com. Yeah. Someone's gonna pick it up. We go on tour next year as the Vivacious Tour. Well, Vivacious Tour is fully taken. Yeah. <laughs> that is, vivacious Tour doesn't have a dot com, doesn't have a dot net, doesn't have a dot IO, dot biz. That was the first one to go. Yeah. You're right. It's odd when I see people with websites that aren't .com. I think, why? I'm not really into anything. I I do not visit anything on a regular basis that is .net or .anything else. If you're I not mean, .com, get .gov. Uh, only because I'm forced to. Yeah. If if I I always forced. do love your your yearly uh, April 14th. Hey, I'm finally doing my taxes posts on Facebook. Oh, the listeners are very well aware of April 14th <laughs> and what that means to me. I really hate I really hate taxes. And you know what? You know what happened this year? And I haven't even I don't think I've told anybody this, <laughs> including my family. Uh, but I got a letter from the IRS like last month and they're like hey we just wanted to check on this one thing like will you fill out this form and uh, you know it, it, they, it, they almost made it seem optional I don't think it was but it seemed optional and uh, so I did yeah, not because that's what the IRS <laughs> is known for <laughs> I optional paperwork like, hey we're just going to check this one thing did you receive and, and they said will you write down the numbers that you received on this form and I never received that form because I don't think I qualify for whatever that form was. And they're like, nothing will happen except you may owe a little more or owe a little less. And I was like, well, that's those are odds that I like. <laughs> so I just didn't even oh, fill 50, it out. 50 odds? I like the 50-50. Also, here's the thing about that. When on earth has the IRS gone, I think we may have not given him enough money back. We should mail him and tell him. But that's not happening. Here's that $6 we owe you. No. What happened is they knew how to word it because you're poor. Uh, I like how you're assuming I'm poor. I'm not assuming. Did you see that laptop right over there? That's a nice laptop. I got that laptop in 2013. It cost me $300. You had to call me poor to my face after (laughs) I just dropped $300 on an HP? How do you say just? What is just in your realm of time? (laughs) I just got a Honda Civic in 2002. Hey, listen, it's this century. A lot of things happen in this century that don't happen anymore. I have clothes older than this. I have underwear older than this laptop. I feel like anything where you still have underwear... That and then you can just say it's just. Well, then I think you have a bit of a hoarding problem. I don't have a hoarding problem. I get rid of holy underwear, but there's just a couple of really good pair of fruit looms that. So you have you have found sturdy underwear that have stood the test of time. Yes, and that is your 
your benchmark on why you're <laughs> I had never I had never put brain activity toward that question, but as you uh No, it, I just yeah, brought it to me, then that's that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to say anywhere underwear it's or It's really weird under. how this riff has just completely cemented how you live your life. It has devolved <laughs> into the fact that I do not buy clothing. Yeah. I only change out underwear because I will get a new 3-pack for Christmas from some relative who's like, I don't know what to get, Nick. Usually my parents or my in-laws, and they'll be like, here's here's a new three-pack of underwear. And so those three come in, and the last three fall out. And for whatever reason, this one pair of underwear has stuck, and it just stays in the rotation. The, the elastic band has How many hasn't underwear gone. do you have? I would say I probably have 12 pairs of underwear. Is that too many or too few? I think it's... It's like that scene in the off in office space where the guy talks to Jennifer Aniston about the amount of flair she has. Sure, it's like you're at the bare minimum. Twelve is the bare minimum. I don't know. Like, how many pairs of underwear do you have? I have at least two and a half weeks worth. Do you? Yeah. See, no, I'm I'm like enough to go the week. Like, if I have a week's long of gigs, then I'll pack like eight pairs in mm. case. I've got enough for each day and then an in-case pair or two in case something (laughs) terrible happens or I happen to go work out or something. But other than that, I'm just like, why do I need to go fully extend beyond that? So you are sitting here telling me you have 20 pairs. Yeah, somewhere like that. Okay. And they're expensive for me because I'm a big boy. Underwear is more expensive the bigger it gets? Oh, yeah. Is that true of all clothing? Uh, yeah, I'll but take you to a casual mail sometime, or a DXL. A casual mail is that what they call a casual it? Casual mail XL. I only know big and tall. Yeah, D- DXL is the big and tall store, but it's like they got us there, so like they can charge whatever they want. Really? Because they know oh, that makes sense. The fabric. Yeah. Although I also go shopping once in a while with my wife, and her clothes cost more than mine as well, and she's tiny. Yeah, because they're designer. They're I don't like looking at, like I don't like looking like I just you know I'm going to Walmart or anything. Okay, you know like at four a.m. I like wearing clothes that aren't trash. I guess. Gotcha. Like you'll never catch me in like a Looney Tunes T-shirt that's like way too big. I feel like I would Crocs. catch you in a Looney Tunes. Nah, t-shirt. dog. Nah. No, Looney no. Tunes not your style. No. I feel like that's the kind of. Do you remember that period of time where like you'd see shirts with Looney Tunes who were thugs? <laughs> Listen, but you're yet you're wearing an Orlando Magic hat, which is the Orlando Magic logo from like Penny Hardaway days yeah. in the mid '90s, which I think is cool. But I think it's also that kind of like retro look you go that you'd get from Looney Tunes. No, I just love the NBA. Okay, you love the NBA. Mm-hmm. The Orlando Magic specifically. Or no, my just favorite team is the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Do you know? Do you remember those uh, old coats that were um, starter, starter jackets? jackets? That was my starter jacket. You had Denver a Denver Nuggets. Nuggets starter jacket. Like what? Did you have the the rainbow, or did you have the mountain, like the dark blue and red? It was maroon okay. and dark blue. Okay, so you had like the after ninety three ninety four logo. Probably, I don't know. Logo before that was this uh, beautiful like cityscape of Denver, but it was against a rainbow. Right. And, and it, it was, was against beautiful. a rainbow? Mm-hmm. I don't recall this. Yeah. And I like old school logos. Yeah. Like I, I used to wear a hat that was the New York Mets where it was the old school logo right. of like the, the skyline uh, okay. inside the baseball. And people used to... I stopped wearing I stopped wearing anything with teams I was had no association with because I was sick and tired of walking through airports and people just like looking at me like we got you dude we got you last week and I'd be like what are you talking about and then and then I would it would dawn on me oh it's my hat or it's my jacket oh. and so I stopped wearing anything because people just were just associating with me and I didn't want to have that much interaction with people I didn't know Oh man that must be nice that you could pick and choose that kind of stuff What do you mean interactions with humans it, well you i think people gravitate towards you because you're what six seven six nine six nine see that's even bigger than i thought you're a giant and so i think people just want to talk to you yeah yeah but it's never you're like, like they never start it off with hey hi how are you it's some sort of variation of how tall how tall are you 
And how's that make you and feel? And so, but like, it, it makes me feel like I'm a fucking carnival actor. Okay, so now, oh, hold on. Because I was going to say you're like the opposite of the bagel guy, but I think you are exactly the bagel guy. I'm not the bagel guy because I do not lose my shit. <laughs> you see, you, I think you're There's a close. subtle difference. <laughs> no, because nobody ever complains about being too tall. Like, that's not, I'll complain about it. But like, people, people don't snicker about how tall, like, the bagel guy is just a piece of shit. Yeah. I've watched some of the other videos. He says like a bunch of homosexual or like uh, homo slurs, homophobic slurs and stuff. And I'm just like, this guy's just not a good person. Right, right. For those of you that don't know what we're talking about, it's been all over the news the last couple days. But maybe you're listening to this far in the future and you're like, what was that again? It's this little short guy. He's like five foot nothing, right? He's definitely 4'11". He's 4'11". Yeah, and he's got, you know, like this shaved head. And he just has anger, and he was getting mad at somebody at like a subway, and he's yelling at him, and he's like, "Come at me, bro! Come at!" And then instantly the guy store? comes at him. Oh yeah, that's why they call him Bagel Guy. He's at like yeah. Einstein because he was he something. was at a bagel place, and uh, he was trying to order a bagel or something. And he said someone behind the counter was like snickering at him or something, and yeah. he just immediately assumed it was because he's so small, uh, right, which right. probably isn't the case. Uh, and then he like lost his shit, and he goes. You know what? I have to see every day that women on dating profile sites go, I want a man that's over six foot tall. And like he goes, this is bullshit. And like all these people are filming him and he just starts screaming at them. And somebody came after him because he goes, come at me then. Come at yeah. me. And then he came at and him. And then the guy came at him. But the, my favorite line from the whole thing was he goes, you're not God. You're not my father. You're not my boss. Right, right. Which, you know, that, is that the Holy Trinity? <laughs> That's it. That's yeah. very close. God, Father, Boss. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Boss. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that guy, I think he thinks he, I think he's seen one too many Joe Pesci tough guy movies. Oh, like, definitely. He thinks he's Joe Pesci Because he's, he's got that New York accent. Yeah, yeah. And it's, so, uh, but then, the next day, they had that video of him, like, giving his, like, statement. And, like, this is where, like... I was like, oh, man, that guy was just having a bad day. Right. He was just, you know, he's short, you know, whatever. Then you watch this video of him talking where he said he was the Martin Luther King of midgets. <laughs> I don't think he said of midgets. Not, he's a midget. <laughs> I don't care. But he says he's the Martin Luther King. And then he called himself a prophet. Right. But then my favorite part about it was he talked about how he hadn't seen any of the videos the other day because he was too busy in the woods hitting trees with a small bat. I didn't hear that part. Oh, man, it's so funny. Are you funny. serious? Yeah. He said, <laughs> he, he kept showing, like, he's like, I got a bruise right here, right here. And he goes, but this bruise on my knee, this is from when I was out in the woods beating up trees with a small <laughs> New York Yankees baseball bat, and I accidentally hit myself. <laughs> with a New York Yankees baseball bat, and I accidentally hit myself. Yeah. Dude, that guy is hysterical. Yeah, yeah, you watch those other videos that he's made, and it puts it a little more in the yeah. context. Because, yeah, at first you're like, this is just a guy that's having a bad day, and somebody got on, and now he's lost his mind. But, but he the, lost yeah, it Yeah, this is a that. pattern. Yeah. He's just a little angry guy. Yeah. So I thought that was... I, I thought, yeah, I saw a little bit of it in you. When you're like, nope, people talk to me. There's a difference between that and, like, I had a guy come up to me at random at a target and just look at me and go i'd rather clothe you than feed you what the fuck does that even mean well uh, he obviously doesn't know what the prices are at big and tall well yeah but he i mean it's still rude when i was working at sears a guy when I, I was ordering a part for a guy's lawnmower and i was sitting down the whole time and when i stood up to ring him up he literally just said jesus christ is the circus in town right like that's fucking rude also, if this was any other time in human history, there would be nothing stopping me from breaking a table leg off and beating that person to death. If this were any other time in history, is that what you said? Yes. <laughs> like back in the Civility day. Civility is not an old thing. Right. Civility is something created for small people to keep large people from killing them. That's exactly right. Yeah. It used to be survival of the fittest, and now people have smartphones and they just start yeah. recording. They're like, you can't touch me. But it uh -oh. is better to be tall than yeah. small. I would much rather be huge than just tiny. Right. You know? I mean, but airplanes are an issue. My roller coaster days are done. Roller coaster can't get on. I can't imagine 
your knees have to just be right in. Yeah, how do you even get in an airplane? Uh, your knees. My knees touch. It hurts. My knees touch. It hurts, and uh, I'm cheap, so I usually fly standby. Uh, so it's cheaper to fly standby. Sometimes, like I'll get a buddy pass from another comic oh, I know gotcha. that works yeah, for yeah, another yeah. thing, and you gotta just yeah. tell. You just gotta call ahead of time. And be like, listen, I'm flying standby, but I'm six foot nine. You See, gotta. I, put I get me. too nervous about making it an issue because I'm already worried they're gonna be like, "Well, we need to charge you for two seats." Well, and I'm just like, just, just tell. I get it. But I would, I if I were you, I'd be like, it's my Midwesternness hey, not wanting me. to upset people. You gotta put me in the emergency exit up. You have to do it, or that front, that like first aisle. So of, like a like, couple times seating. I've flown, I get like a whole aisle to myself just by magic. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one time I was in that that emergency exit aisle where like there's no seat in front of where the exit is. Right, right, right. There's two, and like that's magic. That's the one. Yeah, that's that's, that's the, the one sweet that spot. if I were you, I'd find out what kind of plane it is. Yeah, what row that is, and I'd be like, that is my seat. Yeah, I don't fly too much. I I drive most places, but like right, but that's gonna change, my friend. Yeah, the more popular you're gonna get. And I Hell saw yeah. you work on Thursday, and you're very funny. Not that you haven't Aww. been funny in previous times, but you're like really getting to the point where like, okay, this is going to be your career and this is, you're going to have to fly, my friend. You got to find know. out whatever that is. That's a Boeing 7, 787 or whatever it is in row 13. Lucky row 13 is where you are and you pay the extra 15 bucks to pick it. And you get okay. status with them. And then you say, part of my status is that you know that I need what I need. I'm trying to help you. I know. I'm just I, I don't like uh, deal I don't like dealing with them. No, no, airlines are horrible. Yeah, you will never like dealing with them. Even the guy that has like George Clooney status on Up in the Air, yeah. still gets screwed once in a while. We're like, sorry, I couldn't find a pilot for this one. That's not our fault, right, guys? We're all on the oh, same it's your team. Fault. Thank you for bearing with us. And other- I've flown what five times last since January. So five times already this year mm-hmm. in seven months. Yeah, yeah, that's a decent amount. You're gonna figure it out. Yeah, I believe in you. Yeah, we are currently in Louisville, doing or Louisville, Louisville. as they say here, doing the Caravan Comedy Club. I'm happy. I'm happy to have the work here. Yeah. Anytime I get to see you, I'm super pumped. You yeah. know that. Yeah, and it's one of the places where they're like, "Yeah, pick your uh, pick your feature." Hell yeah. And I said, I know just the guy. And then you were like, sorry about Friday. I'm going to see my favorite band. Yep, I had to. That was in the dream pipe before comedy. Uh, I don't know if it was in the dream pipe, but... Uh, 311 was... Did you like them right away? Yeah. All mixed up? Is that what got you? Um, or at least was, the album that that song was on? I had heard them before, and then my brother and my my sister-in-law. You knew of them before, all mixed up? I knew of them before. I knew them about in 96 when Down came out. That seems like the same time, right? Yeah, I think that was on the same album. Okay, yeah, because sure. they, they came out of Nebraska. It's this band that it's like a white guy ska band. First off, they're a white guy reggae band. What's the difference and, between reggae and ska? Because I uh, thought it was ska the same. Ska has a lot of more guitar stuff. and uh, you know that. But they're kind of together, right? Aren't they sure, often reggae, mentioned ska, together? Dance hall. I don't have time to give you any sort of... You have all the time in the world. We're doing a podcast in a Holiday Inn Express in Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think I want to go to a rallies or something? Or are they checkers here? I don't know. Oh, you want to go get some food before this? No, yeah. I actually don't. You don't? I, and some of that candied bacon, though. I might get that in between shows. Oh, yeah. We ate at this place that's like just like just a few blocks down from the comedy club called The Eagle. Yeah. And it's, I, I guess it's a chain. Or at least there's I don't more think than it's one. It's just a regional thing because I know there's one in Indy that I ate at. And they had candied bacon, which is pretty good. Yeah. Although I think they could have just given me bacon. We probably wouldn't have ordered it if it was just bacon. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's But great. I also like just bacon. But yeah. But definitely the three eleven concert was awesome. Three eleven concert. Tenth time seeing them. Tenth time seeing them. Got to meet them this time. Were you upset? Did they not play any songs you wanted to hear? I was upset because they were on a, a group tour with the Dirty Heads, which is another white guy reggae band. And uh for some odd reason they're like switching on and off, like who closes. Oh really? And so 311 didn't close this time. The Dirty Heads so, closed. Yeah, I've never even heard of the Dirty Heads. Yeah, they're like a sublime 
kind of band. Sure, but I've heard of Sublime. So they, yeah. they're big enough, though, to, to yeah, warrant closing definitely. a show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a, you know, if you did up the old uh, Venn diagram of their fan bases, it's pretty much a perfect circle. And, okay, so they're your favorite band, but live? Have well, you seen a better live concert than the one they put on? Or are they no. the top? No, because I really love them. So well, see, but I but really I've seen love... I've seen I've seen just a cavalcade of really white music. So um, I've seen like Mumford and Sons live. That was really good. Everybody was singing along to that, which makes it feel like you're in like the, you know the worker class bottom floor of the Titanic. Okay, <laughs> you're just like having this huge fucking Irish dance, gotcha. sing along shit. Yeah. So that was kind of cool because it was full. It was like right after Little Lion Man came out and it was their first big summer tour. This is Mumford? Yeah. Okay. And then before that, I saw Kings of Leon when Sex on Fire came out at right, the same right, place. Right, right, right. Also very full. Like there was, it was jam packed. So you've actually been to that venue. Yeah. Live music is a lot like live comedy. It's best seen that way. Yeah. Rather than listen to like in your earbuds or right. or in your car. There's something about live music. Even like just decently good live music yeah. is still like really inspiring and catchy. And I think comedy has to be good for it to be good live. Right. Like like mediocre comedy is really bad live. Yeah. Um but like mediocre music can sometimes be good live. Comedy can never be in the background. Unless it's a podcast, probably. That's true. That's true, yeah. Uh, but, like, like I would never want to go to a bar where they're doing stand-up and I'm trying to have a conversation because that doesn't work. I've, I've done comedy in those places right. and it's not like, fun. It's not fun uh, <laughs> for anybody, really. Uh, but music in the background, that, that can work. That's true. Yeah. It's so. true, yeah. But how does a musician who's playing live music in the background, how do you think they feel? Like, like piano guys at a fancy restaurant do you think they're like none of these people are appreciating me i'm sure they're working on tips or getting paid so i think that's all they focus on i'm sure they hope that everyone just shuts up and just turns to them and just right like that's their dream it's probably like heroin to them yeah like there's they're got to get that perfect show just like us yeah we want that perfect show a perfect show for them is like everyone doesn't talk and just enjoys me playing Billy Joel for the hundredth fucking time at this goddamn dueling pianos bar. Well, the dueling piano is a different thing. That's not in the background. That is foreground oh, music it's in the right background. there. Yeah, you're not paying attention to the dueling piano. So, guy? like, I work at a bar that's across the street from a dueling piano bar, and they uh-huh. have a guy outside on the patio. Right. And like, people are just sitting on the patio, just trying to drink, and then he is playing Billy Joel for the hundredth time, and oh, it's he's, never good. So he's playing a single piano. Yeah. To them. Yeah. yeah, that guy wants to be something. But the yeah. duelers, they usually have your attention. Right. That's such an odd thing. It is fun when it when you're there with people you like, but it's right. such an odd, weird thing. Like, pay more money and I'll play the Yankee song. Oh, yeah. pay more money, I'll play the Red Sox song. Right. Such a weird deal. Uh, I was making this, I was thinking about this because we had two shows last night. We missed you. Yeah. We missed you. Somebody filled in for you because uh, you were at your concert. Um, but I was, the first show was really bad. First show, for whatever reason, the audience sucked and the com it just didn't work. It was it was just a bad show. And that happens sometimes. And I my you know, my mom used to call and say, How were the shows this weekend? And I'd be like, Oh, you know, most of them were good. One wasn't great. And she Oh no. And I'm like, that's just that's work. That's just right. how like life works. They can't all be gangbusters. And I've made my peace with that. Other people don't understand it. I feel like like oh what's what's going on? But I was sitting there and I was making a list of a comedy audience's responsibility to the show. Like I I don't think it's I don't think it's widely understood that as an audience member, you have things that you are required to do to make it a great show. I think some people just pay their money and they're like, I'm going to sit here and the laughter should come at me. Right. But but there's little things. There's the ones that are on the surface that they'll tell you about over the intercom when you get there. Okay, table talk to a minimum. 
you know you can't you can't have comedy in the background like what you said you have to pay attention otherwise it's gonna suck you can't look for only the setup you can't look for only the punchline right it's not gonna work in that case but there are some that are unspoken that i don't think a lot of people know and i, I wondered if you had any to add these are the three that i came up with just in the few seconds that i was like thinking yeah they need to do this um one is when a comedian asks you a question you should answer truthfully right a lot of people think okay the comic's talking to me i'm gonna make it a funny answer not a real answer which to me as a comedian doesn't help me when someone tries to be funny because then i can't go anywhere with that right we're, we're I mean, not actually you can but it's never it's never where you wanted to go well yeah i want to learn something about the person right so that we can like make humor out of the real rather than just the like cheap making one-off punchline the, making humor out of them being an idiot Right, so there's answer truthfully. I think every single person between the age of 25 and 55 should be required to go to comedy three times a year. I think that's people's oh, responsibility. You're, just man- you're mandating I'm saying it. I think it's healthy for people. I think it's good for them to like see what's out there, the different tr- schools of thought, or at least get out and laugh three times a year and if everybody in major markets did that then comedy would be alive and well we wouldn't have to worry about an audience showing up or not and i don't think that's too much to ask for people to come three times a year once every four months i don't think that's too much to ask to go pick three people off the yearly calendar at your local comedy club and go that's that's another one i've put on people and uh, another one i thought is uh, how a comedian makes their money uh, part of it is a tipping system that's not just someone giving you money for a job well done, but rather uh, an audience's way to tip a comedian is to, one, possibly buy their merchandise if they have it. Right. They have a CD or T for shirt for sale. You should think about buying that if you like the comedian. Or, at the very least, give them a follow on social media, sign up on their email list, whatever it is. Those are little you know, subscribe to their podcast. These are little things you can do. Those last three I mentioned are free things you can do that help the comedian out. It's a way of tipping them. And I don't think people like people, you go to a restaurant, you automatically assume I am going to tip them. Now the range of tip, you know, varies, but you're going to tip that server for good service. There should be some level of something for a comedian for a job well done. I agree with that. Yeah. (laughs) As a comedian, you agree we should be making more money. We should all be getting something out of it. I think at the very least, the follow. Yeah. Um, I do, like, I think it happens organically sometimes, but it would be awesome if it happened way more. You know, I've had a lot of people come up to me, and I'm not trying to brag, but a lot of people come up to me and they say, hey, I really like your comedy, and they start following me and stuff like that. And I don't have a website because I don't think it's necessary really anymore unless you get anymore you don't think it's necessary unless you get to a certain point okay but like the a feature doesn't need a website I I have a thought on that but go ahead and Uh, say what you were going to say about it like I mean people follow social media so like sure taking them to another site off of what they're normally on just seems pointless unless you're a major headliner my thought on that is, and I don't want to cut you off because I want you to keep going, but uh, um, the reason I had a website earlier than probably I needed to was that I wanted to show clubs, first of all, that I was serious. You know, clubs that I was asking, can you please book me to do your shows? If I had a place to send them that wasn't YouTube or wasn't, you know, here's my website, here are all the dates, I wanted to show them these are the other clubs that I'm working without having to say I work this club and this club. Gotcha. They go to my website, they click on my tour dates. Boom, there it is. There's where he's working. And I also put ticket links up there so that I don't have to say go to this website and right. do that. I just get all your tickets to see me at nickhoff.com. And and I thought in my head I thought and maybe inaccurately so, but my thought was and that now clubs are saying, "Okay, if we book him, he's at least putting us on there like he's working to get people to that show right. so he's a he, he's working on the promotion side of it with me that was my thought inside my head and that's why i think people that's should all have good websites. and well but your thought may have also should have included our wait are the bookers even going to my website i don't know i don't know if they are or not i assume i always put my nickoff.com at the bottom especially like the first time i'm contacting a club i think there's a chance they're going to click on that 
And if they don't see tour, if that doesn't exist, they're not going to click. And if there are tour dates up there and they go, oh, this person's working this club. I know people. Okay, that's a good club. All right. Yeah, maybe I'll look at his video or maybe I'll right. consider booking him. Whereas if I don't have that, I, you know, then how am I expecting them to take me seriously at all? Right. That was my thought behind it. I do agree you know, how many people are actually visiting the website. I do see my numbers, and so I see, you know, there's a decent amount, especially I put videos recently up on my site. Mm-hmm. Um, I got my tour dates, so it's easy for people to just click the ticket link there, um, you know, give people one less step. And that, yeah, I think that, like, that's all fine. You just have to, like, get to a certain point, and I just don't see the point in jumping the gun. I understand, like, you're supposed to be, like, doing, like, Doing all this stuff and learning how to do it now, it's just something I haven't got around Does to. Does AlexPrice.com exist? I don't know. You you haven't checked? No. Doggone it, Alex. Let's see. Because website's fairly cheap. AlexPrice.com. You're going to have to go with .biz. Ooh, an error occurred. Wait. You still got it, my friend. See, that's the other thing is I wanted to, when I got my website, NickHoff.com existed. Oh, yeah. There was another person who owned NickHoff.com, and he wasn't actively using what was it. He, what did he do? I don't know. He wasn't actively using it, but he owned the domain name. And I, when I was doing it, I saw it was coming up expired in like three months, and there was a service that you could pay like $5 to, and the millisecond that it came available, they'd buy it if it, if it wasn't renewed. And I did that, and I got it. So then I was like, well, I can't let it go now then. I got to hang on to it forever. Otherwise, right. this other Nick Hoff's going to come in and scoop me like I did to him. So AlexPrice.com looks like it's available, although it's giving me this weird and error occurred. So it feel, I feel like there's something because it has this little tracking attempts blocked. I don't know what that means. Anyway. Oh, it's a dark web portal. Yeah. What, it, does that exist? Is the dark web real? Or is that just Body, something Norton yes. antivirus? The dark web is real? Yeah. What is the dark web? It's where people like that's like why bitcoins exist. Uh-huh. Is bitcoins was a online currency used to buy things off the dark web. Okay. What is the dark web though? It's like a series of portals inside the the internet where like People can buy like. Can XTC. I go to the dark web right now? I don't know how to get there. I know some friends. <laughs> I, I know take some. A little fr- I know pill? some friends that I guarantee you could get us on in there if we wanted to. But yeah, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Yeah. Okay. Like I can buy a kidney. Yeah. yeah. Probably. That sounds like something you could get on the dark web. Like the antivirus ads are always like, that's where they're trading your personal information. They are. That's where they trade like social social security numbers are like currency over there. So they'll they'll grab all your credit information. They'll grab your identity and they'll trade it on the dark web for drugs or something or, you know. It's so funny. All these companies that are like, you got to use us for security. Otherwise, your stuff is going to be all over the dark web. And I'm just like, didn't isn't one of those companies how we lost all our information one time? Probably. I think my information has been stolen three times. And one of it was from like one of those information gathering sites, like Experian but or something. But also, the dark web, first off, that phrase... It's a scare tactic. It's definitely a scare tactic for old people. Guess what old people are afraid of? Things that are dark. (laughs) They should be afraid of going to the light. Things are things that are dark and the web. (laughs) Everyone's afraid of the dark, Alex Price. I'm talking about people, too. Old people don't like them either. Well, see, and you hear about these things, and that's why when all our information got stolen by that one, like, credit monitoring company that has all of our information and then it got taken and they're like and as a way of saying sorry so you don't sue us we'll uh we'll give you one year of lifelock for free or whatever but then i think that's all a scam because now okay so you use your year of lifelock and then that year ends and now they're like and and we'll renew it for only three hundred dollars otherwise they're gonna take everything and so i think they're all in cahoots I think LifeLock yeah, but I is think, taking like, our people, stuff and trading it on the dark web. Old people probably think of the dark web as just like Barack Obama like running through their social security and trying to end it. Why? Because he's part black? Yeah. Was that a race comment? Not on my end. I think <laughs> on their end. <laughs> I don't know. We're I, in the South, man. You got to understand. You don't have to understand. There's actually no reason to put up with anybody's racist bullshit anymore. But, man, these people down here are just fucking these everywhere. These people. 
Listen I will to call you. racist these people. Yeah, but it's and those it's, people. Yeah, those people. It's not these people. These yeah. insinuates that they're right here. Yeah, there's definitely none, none in this room. No, we're all good. Why'd you look to the side like you didn't believe what sure you were saying? Ba- you, were, you were checking the corner of the hotel room? Like, who else is in here? Oh, man. Okay, can you think of any other unwritten rules that comedy club goers should follow? I just think, follow? like, if, like, if comic, like, if someone comes to your show and they like you, I like, I feel like Stuart Huff is a perfect example of this. People come to a comedy club, they see Stuart Huff, and those people tell all their friends, like, they bring friends. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like a spiderweb thing. Yeah. Uh, and I always feel like that's such a cool, organic, kind of punk rock way of like gathering a fan base. Yeah. Like there are other people that do the email lists and all that other shit, and then they buy email lists and all that other stuff. Right, right. Then they make YouTube videos about hecklers or something. Uh, and so, <laughs> comedian uh, destroys heckler. <laughs> <laughs> comedian destroys the idea of fucking stand up comedy with his vanity <laughs> and stupidness. But anyway, uh, I just like the idea of like, oh man, like these people who probably weren't expecting what they are and Stuart huff's very good about this kind of like you know where like people see him and it's like oh it's like life-changing or whatever uh and like they bring their friends to see him the next time right and then those friends bring other friends i love that about stand-up comedy that's the way everybody wants to create their fan base and like those are the people that like i like they have their own thing like so many comedians i work with don't have an active fan base. You have an active fan base. You know, Matt Bronger has an active fan base. Kyle Kinane has an active fan base. They're not just people that were given free tickets. Right. And that's that's where I want to be. Like, I don't... A lot of people ask me, like, where do you want to be in comedy? Like, I never... I don't want to get to a Kevin Hart level. I don't want to get to a level... I would love to be in that, like... Eugene Merman, Matt Bronger, or Kinane level where like people right I now can, are looking up all these human beings. Right. I can go to a show and I can go to a town and do a show and like sell it out for like one night or whatever. Right. And it's just with my fans. But then the next day I could walk around that town and everybody just kind of leave me alone. Such a small percentage of people know who those people are, but the people that do know right. are rabid fans. Yes. Yeah. Like, and I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people like does. Eugene Merman and don't even know who he is, but he's the voice of Gene on Bob's Burgers. Right. You know, it's these people that that love uh, that kind of stuff. Those are the, those are the people I want to perform in front of. So do you gravitate toward, because a lot of the guys you just mentioned, I would throw into the alternative comedy scene. Do you gravitate toward that scene? Yeah, because that's, that's where I live and that's where I work. But like, I'm I'm also from a small blue collar town, so like... I grew up doing that kind of comedy. Like when I started comedy, I was in my small hometown and like, you know, I can't just get on stage and start below, you know, doing all the, the kind of liberal or kind of alt stuff. Right. But, you know, I feel like getting a good firm grasp on what comedy was, especially in unruly bars. Yeah. And like what grabs attention and stuff like that, which is easier for me because I'm six, nine, I'm not going to lie. But like, uh, doing more blue collar shows, Helps me in the long run because I'm in Louisville. This isn't an alt club or whatever. Right, right, right. I can go in the middle of the country and still get work because I'm, I have Midwestern sensibilities, even though I'm more liberal yeah. than most. I think it's a weird thing that happened in comedy, and it happened like in 2000. When would you say? When did the comedians of comedy come out? When was 2003. that? 2003. 2003. So it was a weird thing in comedy where people were like drawing lines in the sand. And then it morphed. So this alt comedy thing came out, which was a group of comedians who their acts were different. It wasn't it wasn't this standard, you know, set up punchline. It, it, it seemed different, but the, they were all good comedians. And then all of a sudden that like transformed into all these people that gravitated toward that, but they weren't there yet. Right. They were doing this bad version and so it became this weird. I feel like it got like both sides got black eyes. Yeah. Like like the alt scene was like, oh, you mean unfunny comedy? But these guys that were like defined that were very funny. Right. But then the thing that came after was not funny, 
because they just weren't good. Whereas, like, mainstream comedy then all of a sudden got this black eye for being, like, derivative or something like that. But the people that came after that were no good either because just when you're starting out comedy, you're not good. There are so many specials out now because of Netflix and Hulu and Amazon. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy. Lots of different avenues. What are some of the best ones you've seen? Ever? Over the last five years. Since since Netflix started churning them out um, and things like that. What are some... Give me give me three that you really, really, really thought were excellent. Um, Mulaney's... Uh, Oh man, I'm trying to think. Comeback Kid or the? I'm trying to think which one I think is the best. Radio they, City like, Musical. I, I almost equate Mulaney's specials with the the signature joke on each each special. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, the one at Radio City is real good. I like that one a lot. I liked it. Yeah. He didn't move around the stage a bit too much, for my opinion. He was pacing it like a tiger, like he yeah. was Chris Rock or something. Yeah. Like Chris Rock used to pace. But that. Uh, that uh, horse in a hospital joke is pretty well written. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, no, I that was a great really one. Good. I think that was on the Radio City Music yeah. Hall. And then... Um, okay, so we got Mulaney. Uh, the last Segura special was real good. What was that one called? Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. Mostly, not Mostly Stories. No, Mostly Stories was the first, first one, one, right? Um, yeah, I really liked that one. This one was the Completely one we talked normal? about. Uh, or is that the second one? Right. This is the one where he was bashing Louisiana, right? Yeah. <laughs> he took some backlash and he just owned it. I loved it. He My was, favorite part is I know the guy who put that show together. Disgraceful. Yeah, that one's real good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my favorite is uh, Big Dumb Animal by Bronger. I haven't seen that one. It's is so it bad. on Netflix? No, I don't know what it's on right now. Big Dumb, dumb Animal by mm-hmm. Matt Bronger? Yeah. I haven't seen that one. I wonder where it is. He's my favorite performer. Really? Mm-hmm. Is he a good performer or is he a he's good joke writer? Both. Like yeah. he's a good joke writer, but like he performs on a level that is just like it's not like I'm not trying to like bashy, but like it's not completely Dane Cook where it's like all over the place and like very uh-huh. animated and stuff. Matt is uh Speaks a lot with his body, but it's all above his waist. Like okay. His legs really don't move, but like his body just sells everything. Really? And so seeing him live is just... And he has... He had a joke that almost killed me, I feel like. Like, I felt like I was going to die because I couldn't breathe. Like, really? I was laughing so hard. On that special? Uh, no, I saw him live. We had him... Okay. It was a long... It was probably 2015, 2016. And it killed you. Oh, man. It's the... It's just... Just him performing it and, like, just everything. It was just, like, I honestly thought I was going to die. Really? Yeah. In my opinion, it's one of the funniest jokes I've ever heard. Okay. Uh, is it on anything? Do you know? It's. It I think it's on cut? Live in Portland. Live in Portland? His new special. Spe- I got to check out some yeah. of that because I'm not that familiar. I know who he is, but I'm He's not so that familiar good. with his comedy. My the s- only other joke I think that rivals that is Sean Patton has a joke about his brother. That involves men in black. So funny. Also, yeah. Sean Patton is one of the most underrated comedians of all time. You know what's funny uh, of all time? <laughs> We're going in my opinion, far. you know what's funny about Sean is I knew him decently well when he was out in Los Angeles. Like, we did a lot of shows together. And then he moved to New York, and it seemed like almost instantly started taking off. Yeah. Like, in Los Angeles, we were doing the same crappy shows together. And nobody knew who he was. And he moved to New York. And it was like he created this new life. Because almost, I mean, I want to say within a year. It may have been a little longer than that. But almost within a year, I was hearing his name in, like, big things. I was like, whoa, what the? (laughs) How did he just jump a level? Like, usually people move from coast to coast. And they actually sink back a little bit. They almost start over. But, uh, yeah, I was happy for Sean. He's so good. He's doing well. But he's got that specific kind of comedy that yeah. isn't going to, um, I mean, like the people that really like him are all in, but he might go to a comedy club and people that are just there to see comedy might be like, what the hell are we watching right now? Right. With Bronger, it's the other way because I was I was on tour with him this year and we did, he's just goofy. Like he's just yeah. a level of goofy and it's nothing like, like he doesn't get crazy about it like like politically or mm-hmm. any sort of like it's just him talking about life and how ridiculous it is 
and the ridiculous people that pop up in your life. Mm-hmm. And he performs it on a level that is just, in my opinion, unmatched. I got to check it out. Yeah. I got to check it out. Because I, I like a guy that can come in and the audience doesn't know who he is. And he changes them. Yeah. I like, that's the comedian that I want to be. I want to be the guy that comes in and maybe a third of the audience is there because they know who I am. Right. And, but two thirds are just like there to have a good time and I fulfill that need. Yeah. That's the kind of guy that I want to be. And hopefully a couple of them, you know, come along for the next ride. Right. You know, uh, the specials that I've really gravitated towards over the last few years, and I think I've said this one on the podcast before, is Bill Burr's black and white special. Okay. I can't remember the name of it, but it's the one that's in black and white. Right. I thought that was just unbelievably excellent. Um, on the whole, this special that I'm about to mention, I, I didn't think it was like gangbusters from start to finish. It was fine from start to finish. But the last seven minutes of Bo Burnham's Make Happy, I love that joke. Right. I lo- and, and it's not so much funny as it is just a great piece of entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of a third one that I've really gravitated towards uh, over the last few years, and I'm sure there have been specials that I've liked. Um, for some reason, I kind of liked watching um, that Steve Martin and Martin Short one. I just liked them interacting together. Yeah, I didn't think it they was all together. Yeah, it wasn't all together like a, I wouldn't call it just like one of the all-time greatest specials. Just right. but there was something comforting and fun about seeing those two guys that are so good at doing what they do go back and forth. Right. And so I, I like that one. I'll put that as Man, my Martin third Short. One. I think he's very underrated. But he was never really a stand-up, right? No, but like just as just as a com- just a comic mind, I always felt like. Do you feel like um, I always kind of put him in the same? For some reason, he and Dana Carvey were like interchangeable to me, and I don't know why. If they were both I don't short, know. funny white guys from Saturday Night Live in the eighties and nineties, or what? <sighs> So, like, before I even knew what SNL was, one of my favorite movies was the movie called Clifford, <laughs> okay. where Martin Short pretends, yeah. like, is, plays a 10-year-old boy. Uh-huh. That's just I never saw super, it, but super I know evil. exactly what you're talking like, about. Yeah. So, like, that was what I knew Martin Short as. And then, like, I'd watch Three Amigos and stuff yeah. like that. And so, I wasn't around when he was on Saturday Night Live, or I wasn't cognizant. Right. And then Dana Carvey, my introduction there was Wayne's World. So. Wayne's World, right, right, right. And so then when I remember I didn't have Comedy Central growing up until like I think I was in sixth grade. And then we got Comedy Central and at that point they were showing old SNL. The SNLs I was I had missed growing up. Like yeah. I had started in so like my sixth grade year I started watching SNL and that would have been like Right when Sherry O'Terry and Chris Kattan and Will Ferrell and oh, okay, so even after the Sandler, yeah, Farley so all those days. guys were gone. Farley was gone. Farley was why I started watching SNL because Farley is my favorite. Did he die while on SNL? No, he died like three weeks after hosting it. Yeah, because Chris Rock, who just hosted where they were talking that I'm fired. Was that Sandler where they did yeah, the like, Fired yeah, song? And yeah. Chris Rock showed up and he was singing about how Farley got fired too. I didn't yeah. realize all those guys got fired. All those guys got fired. And then, because uh, I, and that's the thing is like SNL has this weird thing where like everybody goes, oh, the current season sucks. And like that happens every year. Yeah. And then you look back in history and you're like oh man those will ferrell years were the best or the adam sandler years were the best right at that time when that shit was going on critics would say this is garbage this is yeah, bad that's that's how Saturday. the it, only it, time i think it was ever like really like heavily written about was like when amy and um 30 rock uh oh yeah tina fey tina fey amy and tina amy fey were, and tina yeah fey. where it was like a lot of women were like on the show and like those years were very good i thought a lot of those sketches were very funny but that was also Will Ferrell, Jimmy Fallon, wasn't it? Jimmy Fallon might have still been there. Ferrell was definitely gone by that point. Ferrell was gone. Who else was on it then at that time? Uh, well, I mean, Keenan, obviously, because Keenan has Keenan has been on it for... I haven't, I haven't gone back and said... Uh, I haven't appreciated it since Will Ferrell left, I don't yeah. think. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think SNL is always going to be written for a certain age group and people who are still a bit more... I don't want to say woke, but you know what I mean. Where it's just like, it's very, it's not really for the elderly, or it's not really for... 
No, but our kids watching it. That's the whole thing that's changed. Nobody's watching shit on television anymore. Right. And that's where, like, uh, who was talking about it? Someone was talking about how The Tonight Show is made now, where it's all segment-based. Yeah. Because the segments are what get loaded up on YouTube. You're going to watch. And that's how everything is watched. It's going to be 10 million I don't views. have cable, and I haven't had cable for years. Yeah. And I am an avid lover of fucking American Idol and America's Got Talent. And I watch both of those shows via clips on YouTube. Just the, like, someone's going to find yeah. the heart of this thing and send it yeah. to me and I'm going to watch this blind kid sing opera. Right. Okay. And one of our mutual friends is on America's Got Talent this year. He, I'm really, I'm, I'm really happy. I hope yeah. he goes a long way. I Ryan think he's going to go a long Ryan way. Ryan Niemiller. Ryan Niemiller is great. Very funny comedian. Yes. And so I feel like he's going to go very far, but America's Got Talent is always loaded with these fucking stories of like, like, uh, like, you know, the golden buzzer situations are one thing, but like the first person they, they kind of trotted out and they did trot him out was the blind autistic kid. Yes. Who sang like a goddamn angel. Yeah. Plays the piano and is led on stage by his mom. And it's just like. Okay, thank you for pouring the perfect cake ingredients into a bowl. Yeah, it's not enough. Like a guy that could see perfectly fine and look like an ordinary dude yeah. came out and sing like that. They'd be like, yeah, it was all right. Exactly. <laughs> this kid's a goddamn miracle. It's a different thing. Yeah. It's a different thing. I, I, I. Why do shows feel the need to like, like Chopped is like that. Like Chopped is, it's less about cooking. It's I had more to make about this their... tuna sandwich for my dead mom. Yeah, why do you need that 10 grand? It what are you going to do with that see, money? Exactly. That is, whoever has the saddest story is well, probably that's getting the, click the dessert bait. round. That's the clickbait. Nobody cares about the the nice story. Nobody yeah. cares about that. They want the sad story. So what are you going to do with that 10 grand? I don't know. Everything's going pretty well. I've actually well, diversified my portfolio. Probably invest and, it. You know, yeah. Nobody wants to hear that. I had a wing on my on my yacht. I'm probably going to buy a Kia Soul, something very reliable to get to and from work, a job nope. I like. Uh, we need to get going because our show's going to start yeah. soon. Uh, do you have anything that you'd like to plug? Where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Facebook under my name, Alex Price. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Price Indeed. A-L-E-X-P-R-I-C-E. I-N-D-E-E. Indeed. Which one's that? Twitter? Yeah, it's Twitter. Alex Price and indeed. And then as far as like shows, I'm in your home state of Omaha with Matt Bronger on August 25th. I'm at Go Bananas Comedy Club in Cincinnati, Ohio, September 5th through the 8th. Okay. Yeah. Go check out Alex Price. Hit him up on Facebook. Tell him to get a website. Tell him to be an actual adult. And because uh, he's very funny. He's very funny. And uh, do you have, do you post these dates anywhere? Uh, on, on any Facebook. of those things? On and, Facebook? And Instagram. People can find them? Okay. You can follow me on Instagram, and I'm going to say what my name is on Instagram, and realize I understand branding's important, but I also oh, know God. that my name is hilarious, and I don't want to ever change it, oh, and it's no. Illuminati underscore HR underscore rep. The rep for the Illuminati. Yeah, it's hilarious. Cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. No problem. Thanks for inviting me into your hotel room. 